You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Doesn't look like we have any new callers, so let's get started with Aaron. Hey, Aaron. This is Aaron. Um, so I'm just giving you a call because I realized that uh, the reason the office is great is because there's pretty much a situation or a scene in the office that can ca- characterize any situation in real life. For example, the situation with Joe Barry is what exactly like when Dwight, um, after he gives a like fire prevention and how to escape, mm-hmm. like fire, whatever, escape, whatever yeah. presentation, the, uh, he knew that the office didn't listen and pay attention. So he basically sets a fire in the office and the entire time he's like screaming out the directions of what to do but there's no communication everyone's freaking out and everyone loses their mind and makes mistakes and basically does the exact opposite thing of what they're trying to do but then what makes it the scene is that then Mike, Michael and Dwight get called up to corporate and because Dwight started the fire that gave Stanley a heart attack and, uh, well, the overreaction gave Stanley a heart attack. But then the entire time, their corporate is very, very, very angry with Dwight. And they're just like, yeah, you, we're on the verge of firing you. Please explain yourself. And so then you have Michael saying, don't worry, we're not mad. And corporate's like, yes, we are very mad. <laughs> we are furious. And then he's like, and then Michael's like, okay, I guess we're furious. Um, but I think we should just let him off and maybe make a donation to an organization that he hates. Um, so in this situation, <laughs> Michael is pretty much um, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. Yeah, there we go. And uh, the corporate guys are all, David Wallace and them, are all us fans and all the podcasters, all the people, and they're, we're just like, do you see that Dwight, a.k.a. Joe Barry, is not the answer? Like, we're going to fire him. And Michael's just coming up with every excuse in the book. And then they go back. So they're like, okay, we're not going to fire him. Cool. We're just going to punish him and whatever. So then they go back. They do a first aid class. And he cuts the, he cuts the face off of a first aid dummy. I mean, Dwight does. AKA Joe Barry. So he keeps messing up and he is, nothing gets fixed. Doesn't learn his lesson. He doesn't figure it out. And then they go back to corporate, and they're just like, yeah, we have to pay for this. And they're equally mad, and they're, again, on the verge of firing Dwight, but they don't. And, yeah. So I think it's just kind of crazy how that correlates between that great scene from The Office and 
the situation with Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur and everything. Okay, bye. Well, it's funny because you, you mentioned how funny it is that it correlates and how these things all seem to correlate with, you know, whatever. Um, it's funny because I thought this whole thing was about Jair, and you could say the exact same thing about Jair being Dwight and Matt LaFleur being like, oh, I don't know, you know, like he thinks he's on that side, and the other guy's like, no, this is very freaking serious, and we're really mad, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there definitely are parallels all over the place, and I, that's actually a lot of what I talk about tomorrow. Um, as much as, yes, I do want to move on from the Jair thing, I think everybody does. It's just, it it just has not been fully flushed out. New things keep coming up. So I'm I'm hoping that this is sort of the conclusive, here's where I stand, this is the end of the line, now we can move on with our lives thing, but that probably won't happen. Sorry for the doodly-doos. But anyways, I forgot. I was supposed to start with Goose. Um, uh, he had called. His whole call was kind of jacked up, and I said, look, man, I know you're paying for these calls. you got a call from Canada. It costs money and whatnot. I want to make sure that if you have something to say that we can get it in the show. So he did reach out, and um, I told him that I'd talk about it at the start of the show. So here is what he said. He says, I'm actually thankful for Joe Barry and his past defense. His ineptitude has made it clear for us uh, that, one, the Packers have to move on from him, and that if Matt won't do uh, won't do it, then we need a total regime change. That's scary, but how can this team ever improve if this is the standard that is allowed? Again, I mean, this is like a lot of things. I mean, it's, it's like Jair, too. Like, I'm not getting rid of Jair. It's like, well, what if, like, this is a very serious cancerous problem, it's like, all right, then fine, I guess, you know, there, there's a line somewhere out there, but I don't know if it's a thing, and I don't want to sit here and talk about getting rid of everybody, like, please, I, don't, I can't do this. So, yes, th- there is a a line of egregiousness that Matt LaFleur can cross in which I would say it's time to move on. I'm not there yet. I'm not saying you are either. I'm, I'm just, whatever. I've got to get new freaking batteries in this thing because I keep, I hit unpause to record and then I read a bunch and I comment a bunch and it's like, oh, you haven't been recording this whole time. That's great. Anyways, continuing on the bright side, the offense looks really good. Even when 40% of the offense is in wheelchairs, they scored over 30 in a game where their defense put them in repeated bad positions. If we do have to move on from Matt, hopefully we can find another Shannonite to take his place, at least as OC. Also, Joe has to go to the tune of Scotty doesn't know. Could be funny. Not going to do it, but somebody should. It'd be funny. Also, I said when we were up 30 to 16, didn't we all see that comeback coming? I was shocked when Barry was saved by the bell. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't remember exactly how I felt in terms of, like, did I think we were going to lose or whatever? I don't know. But I, I definitely did not feel great about the way the defense had been playing since the start of the second quarter. Yeah, I get it, Goose. It's just uh, I, I kind of said a similar thing um, on the show just in regards to you know, I mean, it would have just been annoying if the defense did well. And I know that's a stupid thing to say, um, but it's just I don't want to continue to have the conversation. Not only just, you know, should we keep him and, and all the, the the praise and all that stuff, but the continued speculation of, well, uh, well now that means he's going to stay. I just know it. And, and maybe that's right, and I don't know. It's better for things to just keep going the way they're going, and we can just all understand that this is going to happen. That would be my preference. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig in Indiana. Hey, Craig. Uh, appreciated uh, your um, podcast about um, Matt LaFleur's press conference. Um, I do a lot of uh, leadership training and enhancements, and we talk about, you know, good leaders are ones who get out there and 
if the team isn't doing well, they tend to take the bullet or the arrows, whatever might be appropriate. Mm-hmm. And, um, and usually not single people out. And, uh, when a team is very successful, what a good leader does is usually give the credit to the team and often pointing individuals out that might have had outstanding contributions. And I think Matt LaFleur did a nice job of that the first three years. Um, those happened to be the years we were winning, uh, 13 and three, um, each of those years. Um, and I would often kind of cite him as, yeah, you know, here's what he does. Um, but last year he started with the whole Rogers thing, right? Uh, as far as at least not acknowledging that maybe he wasn't, didn't have a good game or, right. you know, didn't play well or, um, and not that I expect him to throw him under the bus, but the problem was he started throwing other people under the bus. Right. Um, and that, that was a bigger problem, um, in my mind. And again, you start to get the locker room probably a little confused about why that would be because it was so painfully obvious when Aaron didn't have a good game and yet Matt just refused to ever acknowledge that. Um, so that started last year and then this year definitely, uh, definitely seems worse as far as, um, again, pointing specific players out that are screwing up when we lose, um, and not really acknowledging what's going on. Um, and your review of this press conference is a perfect example of, you know, spending a few seconds talking about the defense and then starting to blame the offense uh, for the next 30 seconds or so. It's just terrible. It's just, yeah, he already was losing the defensive players, I think, with his defense of Joe Barry and talking about execution. And now he throws it over to the offense who had a great game. They, well, not a great game. I mean, they definitely had some issues, but eh, they scored 33 points. And to your point, uh, they weren't, uh, they weren't often going three and out. It wasn't like that was happening a lot during the game. So, um, out of all the games to do that with, this one seemed really weird because there were a few games earlier this year where the defense was doing a pretty nice job keeping them under 20 points and, and the offense just wasn't clicking. Uh, that's when Jair made his comments about, well, you know, kind of need the offense to do something. Um, but it, it was just strange timing, uh, to after three horrendous defensive games to, uh, to do that in this press conference. So I'm very concerned about him. Yeah. Well, let, let me just get my, my thing here. He got cut off and he's got another minute left, but just so I don't forget. I think it it does kind of make sense insofar as my current understanding of Matt LaFleur, and that is he's terrible with controversy, uh, with confrontation, and he likes to avoid it. Uh, Borderline run from it as fast as he possibly can. And so how does that make sense in this scenario? Well, this scenario, just like with the Aaron Rodgers scenario, the confrontation is with the defense. So what does he do? He runs to a different direction. You know, I mean, it's... Rather than just confronting it and saying, yeah, they sucked and, and we got to address it, you know, as coaches and this and that, da, 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 da. now all of a sudden there's all these, these very serious controversies. Jair is getting really upset, you know, about being thrown under the bus and Devondre's getting upset and everybody's really upset and Joe Barry's upset and, you know, everybody's just, it's such turmoil over there. He doesn't want to throw the defense under the bus. And so he's like, well, we over here on the offense will shoulder some of that blame for you. You know, we all got to do a better job over here. And it's like, I, I don't think you understand that running from the problem is not going to fix the problem. It's just going to create new problems. And the new problems are going to be your entire offense looking at this going, 
what is he talking about? What the heck was that? Did he just say we're to blame? Like, I, I, I was all about, like, you know, supporting them as they went through this stuff, but now suddenly we're the bad guys in this scenario? Rookies scoring 30 points and winning the game to help out a defense that shouldn't need our help to freaking drag them along. Now we're the problem here. The same with Rodgers. Like there was a whole big contract. Rodgers is pissed and he doesn't did it and he's a big personality and he didn't want to collide with Rodgers. So he just he just threw somebody else into the, he just he just goes the path of least resistance. And then when there's a problem there, he'll run from that too. You don't want him to throw you under the bus, just storm into his office, start screaming at him. He'll never throw you under the bus again. Again, I don't have a problem with, if you don't want to talk to the media, fine. If you, if you want to do what Mike McCarthy did, I respect what Mike McCarthy did. He would never say a bad word about players. I'm sure he had plenty to say off the cameras, but he would never say it to the cameras. But there's a difference between, you know, there's a problem and I'm not going to like cause problems with it. And there's a problem. So I'll just deflect blame and start blaming people that are not to blame. What are you doing? Uh, that, that, that to me is dumb. If you want to be honest, be honest. If you don't want to throw people under the bus, don't throw anybody under the bus. Period. I don't know. Sorry, Craig, finish. Sorry, ran out of time. But just quickly, I'm, I'm very concerned about him as a head coach. Um, I'm not saying we should get rid of him. Uh, he just needs some, some coaching from the PR group or something on how to react or respond in these press conferences. Uh, even if he's feeling one way, although it is a little scary if he's even thinking that the offense was the reason the defense played so bad in the Carolina game. Um, love his offensive mind. Again, I think he's an awesome offensive coordinator, but, um, uh, you know, if, if he blows this defensive coordinator role yeah. and decision, um, that, that'll be probably the last draw for me, but hopefully, he makes a good choice, or, or Goody or Murphy have some say in that. And, um, again, he can just kind of clean that stuff up. I don't know if it's a maturity thing, but this is his fourth year as a coach. He ought to know how to handle the media better than I think what he's doing. Thanks, sir. Bye. Yeah, and, you know, I, I had made the comment about Aaron Rodgers because I didn't think he was a very good leader either. I know he was hailed as one or whatever. I thought it was nonsense, um, this whole lead-by-example thing. And I, I, I took a shot at him in regards to – you know, all these books you're reading, you ever, you ever read a leadership book, bro? Because apparently you haven't. But in all seriousness, you know, that's an important part of your game. As much money as you have, it wouldn't hurt to go to a seminar or just fly out freaking, I don't know, Tony Robbins or who's that uh, freaking Marine guy with the podcast or whatever. I don't know what branch he was in, but um, Jocko Willink. Fly him out, man. I'm sure he's got a price. You can pay it. Have him come out and just tell him like what's going on and how he should handle it. And I'm sure he'd do a full day hanging out with you and talking to you. And the same with Matt LaFleur. Even if it's not, I mean, it would be worthwhile for the um, the team to be, I mean, continued education. Like, I know you're busy. Tough. The, the, these are requirements for you to be able to do your job. I'm going to, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are former coaches that are probably giving you know, coaching seminars and stuff that, that understand like leadership from this very specific role of being an NFL head coach. I mean, something, something there's gotta be, I mean, it's important. It's, it's vital to what you do. I don't know how there can be vital pieces to what you do and to just completely neglect it. Like, ah, well, it's just his style. It's his style. It's not a style. He's neglecting it. 
That's just not his leadership style. Not, not everything is a leadership style. That's just not his way. That's not his. No, there are people who are leaders and there are people who are not. Leadership style is so stupid. Matt, Matt, I don't think he has a leadership style. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a leadership style. He was just a, he wasn't even a bad leader. He didn't lead. You know, Jair Alexander saying he doesn't talk to, doesn't really talk to Matt LaFleur. Like, what? What do you mean you don't talk to Matt LaFleur? Matt, what's he talking about? You don't talk to him? What do you do all day? What does he do all day? What are you people doing? How do you not talk? I don't know. I don't understand how things work ever. Why don't we take our first break? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can support the podcast or hit me up on Venmo Packernet Podcast. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. What's going on? So my firefighter, how y'all doing? Uh, I was just calling to comment on... uh one of your la- latest podcasts, and you're talking about uh, <laughs> Matt being the wife, uh, which is a funny and perfect analogy. I, I think I'm like an analogy king. I come up with a lot of <laughs> quick, you know, analogies, and my kids are like, you know, you know, hate me for it, but <laughs> I love it. And that was a good one, and I kind of was feeling like that before you even said it. In fact, you said I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, like, you know, you can't have it. You can't really blame the kids when the parents just let them do whatever because right. that's you know it's kind of like nobody's there to tell them not to do something so you know I love Jair I know some people are mad at him you know it's, I, I get why people are upset with him but like I don't you know don't want him cut or anything like that he just he just needs to be like I said we get a good defensive coordinator hopefully from the Ravens which I agree with you would be awesome any one of those people you name from the Ravens would be awesome to pick up. And I don't care if we got to make them the highest paid defense coordinator. I don't care. We need to get somebody like that. Yeah. I think a lot of those outbursts would, won't happen right. if we get a good defensive coordinator. And- Winning fixes everything. It really does. I mean, there, there are, are very few actual head cases that are going to be crazy and nuts, even when things are good, you know, Antonio Brown or whatever. But aside from that, I mean, even Antonio Brown. I mean, the, the, I think I was just looking at it for tomorrow's podcast a little bit. The outburst that caused him to be benched and then 
later that year or the next year released, uh, they didn't go to the playoffs that year. So maybe that was part of the reason it was so quiet is because they were winning. It just, it just, it just fixes everything, man. Which is why, again, it's like, let's just relax. Let's get through this. Let's not panic. Jair, effing chill, bro. You know, Devondre. I mean, his, his wife is on there talking about like, let's just get through this. I want to go to the beach. I want to have a good time with my family. Like, yes, Devondre, get through this season. Go be with your wonderful family, your beautiful wife and beautiful kids. Go hang out at the beach. Go, go just chill, man. You know, and come back ready and energized with your new defensive coordinator. And we're going to freaking, we're going to get that top 10 defense guaranteed. And, and, and you're going to be freaking talking about this offense needs to keep up. So let's just get through it. I know, I know you don't like Joe. I get it. Nobody likes Joe. Okay. He won't be here. So, you know, just, let's just, let's just, let's just chill. All right. Please chill. No more crazy stuff. No more outbursts. No more freaking, you know, I don't know. Just, just stop it. Let's beat the Vikings. Let's beat the Bears. Let's go to the playoffs. Hey, let's cap this thing off by going to the playoffs. Everything looks like it's in chaos. What chaos? We're going to the playoffs. And then we got a chance because the two teams at the bottom, whatever or whatever team we might be facing at the bottom there, um, team probably sucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we could do this. We can face them. I think we got a shot. Teams are, teams are volatile. Who knows? I'm not talking Super Bowl. We're not going to win a Super Bowl. I'm just saying, let's, let's just let's end this on a high note. All this talk about the Packers. Are dead, 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 dead. Dude, go after yourself, bro. You don't know anything about the Packers. We're going to the playoffs in the first year. Next year, we're going to be 10 times better. <sighs> it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. I can't wait. I don't think somebody, uh, uh, basically, whoever we get, if we get a hard-nosed defense coordinator, won't. Let Matt tell them what to do. Like, you the head coach, but I'm, I got the defensive picks, you know. It's what I think is going to happen. Um, and uh, something else she was – oh, I, I did want to comment on Eric Stokes. Like, he's back. I'm happy. Yeah. But I don't understand. Maybe it's got to do again with, with Joe Barry. How Adam Thielen, like, he was like seven yards from Alan, Adam Thielen. And I'm like – why? Like, you're like one of the fastest players on the field. Yeah. You don't need to be, like, Adam Thielen is not going to want to buy you. Like, you could literally be there, and he won't get by you. So it's kind of, I didn't understand that. Well, and that is one of the things I don't get. And again, this isn't really my realm. I'm sure there are a lot of reasons and a lot of nuance for a lot of different things. But I thought that was one of the benefits of getting guys like Jair and Stokes, who are really big, really long, uh, not Jair necessarily, but ran really fast. And they are. And Savage is fast. Like, we can cover a lot of ground. So why are we giving everybody such big cushions? And I understand, like, the players uh, sometimes are uh, determining that and are doing that improperly. But it's not like every time. It's not like, you know, we're supposed to be playing pressed up every single time. But instead, they're just like, no, nah, I'm going to go hang out 15 yards back. Like, that's not what's happening. There's a lot of cushion because that's what they're being coached to do. Um, and I'm not saying you need to be pressed up every time. I'm just saying I thought... That was the benefit, because if we're going to be playing like this, then we don't really need guys that run in the four threes, right? I mean, it's it's always good, I guess, anyways. But if we're playing as though they run like four fives, then let's just get some guys that are like technicians that are really flexible, really this, really that. They just don't have burner speed. And we'll just play off and safe. And I I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we got these corners based for a different defense. And, you know, again, we go the Baltimore route and you're going to need that. It's going to be a little bit more mugged up and you, you got to get physical at the line and you got to be able to turn and run. And I think our guys can handle that. And uh, 
I don't know. Maybe. Wait, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I don't. But it's a good point, and I have no idea why either. And so for Adam Thielen to catch that pass and be like open, and then Stokes be like five yards back, I'm like, what? Well, it's Adam Thielen, man. If it was Steve Smith or somebody back in the day, yeah, I get you. I understand it. That just didn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, like I said, sit back, enjoy the season. Um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. But I think. The positive is Joey is going to not return. And I love our coach, and I agree with you. If we fire him, the offense go down. So i just stick with the little him being soft if, as long as we're in the top ten all the time in offense, you know. Right. But if he starts to fall off, I'm definitely like he, he needs to be replaced. But now I got his back. So anyway, go Pack go. Yeah, and that's the, again that was the difference between him and McCarthy, right? There was a lot of similarities as far as the locker room kind of causing problems and the GM slash owner whatever kind of having to get involved. But um, you know the, the the biggest difference is this offense looks really good, especially when you factor everything in. And Mike McCarthy had a quarterback that was playing at a borderline Hall of Fame level, and everything was crumbling around it, and they couldn't get, put together an offense. They couldn't convert a freaking first down. They couldn't do anything right. Um, and so it was just, it, everything was done. It was just, it was, it was completely cooked and he couldn't make it go. And that's just not really the situation we're in right now. Not quite. There are some parallels, but not enough to make such drastic decisions, in my opinion. Daddy! What's up, man? What's up? Um, no, thinking more and more and more about this. The Jair thing, the Lafleur thing, the Barry thing. Uh, I gotta be honest, man. Like the fact that nobody just said to Jair as he walked off the field, if that's actually what did happen, it sounds like that's what did happen. That he just went out there and made the call, almost effed it up, and then went back, and everybody just laughed at it. It's like. I mean, do you, like, would Holmgren have done that? Holmgren would have sent the dude to the locker room and they would have cut him the next day. No. And, you know, like with Campbell doing what he did with the tweet and Jair kind of messing around with the plan or not, like, maybe these guys are trying to get people fired. And I, you know, younger younger cats, man, they, they get this power and then they start to start to think that they can control things because they've been given the reins and Barry's clearly at fault, and the fact that they didn't let him go a couple weeks ago is a sign of the fact that Lafleur doesn't have any balls. Pardon my language, but like, and now with the Jair thing, it's like, well, yeah, and and you know, I talked about like once you come back to the sideline, you know, I would be saying this out of the other. How about as soon as you see him take a step on the field and walk out there, start screaming, "Hey, hey, hey, hey! No, off the field now! What are you doing? What are you doing?" Where are you going? Well, I was going to be a kid. You're, you're, you made yourself a kid. Get on the bench now. You know what I mean? Like, they're, and that's why, you know, on tomorrow's podcast, there's, you know, Homer versus Jason Wildy on, on there and whatnot. And, you know, Wildy takes the position of like, well, you don't know that Matt didn't have a hand in this suspension or whatever. And it's like, come on, man. He had every opportunity to show that he would absolutely not tolerate this level of disrespect, and he didn't say a single word about it. He didn't care. Didn't care. And then all of a sudden they have like a meeting, and, and it's like, oh, yeah, definitely, like, definitely we should. Like, get out of here, bro. 
you had a really good point. I don't know if it was today's podcast or yesterday's or whatever, but this stuff permeates throughout the locker room and with all the young cats. If this somehow infects the offensive side of the ball and, you know, Heath and Milton and those guys getting up and acting like they just, you know, solved the Rubik's Cube and fired up for getting six yards. Like, those guys are trying. There's effort. There's heart. And you see the other side of all these clowns doing what they're doing. It, like, they, it's, it's awful. And the fact that Lafleur is just letting it all happen, I don't know, man. Like, I, it's, it's got to stop, man. Like, I, I'm really nervous that this is going to impact things down the road. Like, I don't want it. I don't want our guys, young guys, to think that this is right. Right. I don't know, man. I, Jair is not nearly as talented as he's acting. And if he were playing at least a little bit better, like, maybe. But I don't even know if I'd give him a pass then. Right. I'm out, man. I'm out on him. I'm out on Barry. I'm, I'm out on the floor, man. I, like, I hate to say that, but it's I'm done. Done. That's it. Well, and there are there are no passes, and that that's a big point that I would personally want to make is absolutely not. You're not getting preferential treatment. That was my issue last year with Rodgers when everybody got thrown under the bus except him. I don't give a crap how much money you make. I don't care who you think you are or how powerful you think you are, and that's where Gutekunst, I think, has done a pretty good job of saying, you know, as far as leverage is concerned, you are not going to hold power over me because of some freaking contract or anything else. That, you remember, like, they can't move on from Rodgers. It's impossible. The contract, da, 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 da. he did it. He's not going to t- tolerate that, and I think J- Matt LaFleur needs to do the same thing. The problem is, I don't think he's bothered by the amount of power that Jair has or his contract or his sway in the locker room or whatever. I just think he's non-confrontational, period. It could be Carl Brooks causing a problem, and I don't know that he would say anything about it. Maybe he would. I don't know. But he didn't seem to want to do anything about Jair. I, I don't know. I, I I just I genuinely think for Matt it was it was he didn't recognize the severity of the situation to the extent that I felt like he should have, and I don't like that a ton. Um. Uh. All right. Let's take another break real quick. We'll come back. We got a couple more from Snacks, a Jersey Mike, and then we'll see where we're at. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Sorry, I hit that three minutes, and I'll try and be brief. But do you think that, and I don't, I, you know, Rogers, you know my, we've talked about this. I, my my feelings there are in stone. But if Rogers is on that team, do you think Rogers thinks that that's funny that Jair goes back to do what he's doing? Like, does Bakhtiari do something? Like, like where's the vet that, like, I mean, it was, who are the other captains? Aaron Jones? Quay Walker and Eric Wilson? Like, I guess Jones is, like, in the last year of his contract, so it's it's kind of a different scenario because he doesn't know he's going to be here or not. But, like, how disrespectful is it to those guys? Right. I just, I, like, did Preston Smith... I mean, that that is a fair question in terms of does he do that if Rodgers is there? Um, Because if, if, you know, for all the, the, you know, Rodgers wasn't a great leader thing, he at least was a strong personality right and he sort of dominate dominated 
everything in the way that I think Matt LaFleur should be. Not not in the exact same ways. I'm just saying there should be, whether it's respect or fear or whatever, a sense of like if, if a guy like Jair wants to do that, there's a thought of like, I don't know, man, he ain't going to like that very much. I don't think I can do that. He, he didn't have that for Matt LaFleur. There was no moment where he's like, I don't know. I think Matt, it's kind of disrespectful to Matt. I don't think I want to do that. He didn't give a crap. He didn't fear repercussions. He didn't respect him. He didn't respect his title as coach. He didn't respect the organization or the NFL, nothing. He just did whatever he wanted. I don't know if that flies with Rodgers because obviously he said the teammates supported him, so it was going around the locker room. I don't know if he would have tolerated that. And so in a way, you've got Aaron Rodgers and... You know, I, I didn't like his attitude. I didn't like some of this other stuff. But you almost wonder if he provided some structure that is now missing. Because now that we got a bunch of young guys, there is a void of leadership, which Matt Lafleur ideally would be filling, but he's not. And so now it's just it's just a completely you know. And they've talked about like, oh, I'm I'm excited for so and so to kind of step up more into that leadership role, and we're hoping. I mean, Devondre was supposed to be one of those guys. How's that going? I mean, I don't mean to question him as far as, you know, how much guys look up to him or whatever the case may be. But if that's the guy at the apex of the, you know, the the leadership pyramid, if he's the example that is being set, that explains a lot. I don't know. I don't know. But again, it falls on Matt LaFleur. You need to provide the structure. You need to be the, the set the boundaries. Guys need to know exactly where the line in the sand is drawn and know very well that they better not cross it. Laughing and joking and having fun is all great, but disrespect is absolutely never going to be tolerated. That message just is not being sent out right now. So, you know, and and again, I I don't know how serious it is. Maybe it was just like Jair just wasn't thinking and nobody thought it would be that big of a deal. I don't know. But there is an issue of guys just kind of feeling very comfortable doing whatever they want. And somebody needs to make sure that at the very least, if it's not a problem now, which I'm hoping it's not, it doesn't become a problem. Because it very easily can be. And again, I'm glad that the season is almost over, because if the season was just starting, who is calling me? Suspected spam. Then block the number, moron phone. Um, And I hate that they can leave messages. Don't send them to my voicemail. You identified them as spam. Why are you sending them to my voicemail? Then I got to freaking log into my voice. I got to... And I, I'm a psychopath. I get the notification. It won't let me swipe it away. And it drives me nuts. And I hate seeing it. And my phone is like flashing. Like, hey, you got a notification. I'm like, I know. Make it go away. No, you got to listen to it. So then I got to click on it. I got to pull it up. I got to type in my stupid code. I got to listen to her talk about, you have two new messages. First message. <laughs> and then it's just nonsense. You hit delete. And it's second saved message. You do it again. You get it. It's like, this is, I don't want to waste my time doing this crap. What are we talking about? I don't know. Take it away, Snacks. Not say anything like, and it's not really their responsibility. And maybe because of the the way that the coaching staff has waffled on so much nonsense that it's like it would have been fleeting if they had done it. But man, I just the precedents that are being set right now. When you know, five six weeks ago. I think we all were thinking that, man, and I, listen, seasons is success. Completely agree. Jordan Love, finding out he's the man, that's our Super Bowl, I believe it. I love so much of what's happening on the offensive side of the ball. But five, six weeks ago, when we were building, and I was talking about the mojo and the momentum and whatever else, it's like, now all that stuff just gets taken away, and I feel like the fabric 
that we were trying to kind of instill with our younger players is getting like it's getting picked away yeah. by this like bad habits and bad spine and like somebody man up and like I don't know do something man gosh I that's it's frustrating man it's extremely extremely frustrating I hate it it sucks because the promise that we have I just it, it could potentially get tainted and that is trouble that's it yeah, and you know, there does need to be some some leadership in there somewhere. I mean, I feel like, you know, Aaron Jones supporting Jair and all that, that's all good and well and nice, but who's going to be the guy that finds a way to say we need to find a path forward? I mean, Jair or excuse me, um I think Jordan has been that guy. And I'm guessing a lot of guys on offense have kind of been that way, but I don't know if they're speaking to Jair. I'm guessing he's not. I don't know. But who's going to be the one to, to, to stand up in front of the entire team and say enough is enough? I don't care what beef you have with, with Joe Barry and the scheme or Matt LaFleur or Brian Gutekunst or whatever. If you're in this locker room, your goal is to make the Green Bay Packers world freaking champions, period. That's the only goal. That's why we're here. So put all that bull crap to the side. If you have an issue, talk to somebody directly to get the issue rectified and man up. This this freaking little girl, middle school girl bull crap with all the talking behind the back and running to social media, stupid nonsense. Grow up. Enough. Enough is enough. Are you here to win or not? If you're not, then get the hell out. Period. Deal with your crap and 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 let's move on. This is nonsense. Who's going to say that? Because it sounds like the answer is nobody. And, you know, supporting Jair is nice. That's very nice. It's a nice thing to do. But that doesn't fix the problem. I'm not asking you to pick sides. With, uh, whatever. I don't know. And so I just left all that stuff for you maybe 45 minutes ago. It's Wednesday at like 1 o'clock Central, 27. And they just, the news comes out that they suspend Jair for Here we go. a game, which is the right thing, but it's Wednesday. Like, why didn't they do this on Sunday oh. or Monday morning? Like now it just it almost feels like they got cornered into having to do something because all the pundits and fans and whatever else were like, what are you guys doing? And now it's like, it almost seems reactionary. Oh man. I mean, I'm, I'm glad they did it, but golly. Oh man. This is, it's all just, oh, it's not good, man. It's not good. Good riddance, Shire. Like, I'm done. I'm done with that, dude. I'm done. So I think Jason Wilde had a pretty good explanation, and that is essentially, you know, Sunday, I mean, maybe they could have done something. I'm guessing they had meetings about this. Again, I, this is why I don't think Matt LaFleur had anything to do with it. He could have benched him on the spot. He could have scolded him on the sideline. He could have done a lot of things, and he never did anything about it. So obviously, over the course of time, um, Matt and... Uh, probably after the game, Matt and 
Gutekunst and Mark Murphy and Russ Ball, whoever else, they got together, they had a discussion, and somebody, I'm guessing Mark Murphy, piped up and said, this is unacceptable and something has to be done. Monday is Christmas. Tuesday they had off. Wednesday, I think, was their first day back. Or, or no, something like that, whatever. Their first day back, either Tuesday or Wednesday, I don't know which day it was, um, he said what they probably did is had everybody come in a little bit late. They told Jair to come in early, and they informed him they were going to be suspending him. So that was the reason for the delay, I guess, is they felt that that was the best way to handle it um, rather than, you know, calling him on Christmas or whatever the case may be. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter um, as far as when he's informed. So I, I, I don't have a massive issue with the timeline, and I don't think that it necessarily had anything to do with um, media pressure or anything like that. I don't, I don't think that's the case. I mean, it, they don't have to be pressured into doing anything. I mean, if they really wanted to, they could have just fined him something or – I mean, they could just go to the media and say that's unacceptable and we can't – you know, there's a lot of things they can do aside from benching your – you know, one of your premier defensive players as he just comes back from injury when you have a Vikings game coming up and you got the the playoffs within grasp. I mean, it's a pretty dramatic and drastic step. So I'm glad that somebody manned up and did the right thing. And, um, you know, from that standpoint, I'm I'm okay with it. But obviously, again, I just don't believe that Matt LaFleur was the driving force behind this, as some people want to try to pretend that it is. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. Uh, he's in work now. Uh, about two or three hours ago, we found out that Jair Alexander suspended for a game. Um, and I commented this on your post on Twitter, but, you know, I wanted to dive deeper into it. So, obviously, Jair needed to have some kind of repercussions. Uh, you know, I, I feel like Jai should be the way that Jai is. But at the same time, he also needs to know when to rein it in. Right. And if Agreed. he doesn't, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think too much is being read right into his personality. You know, he made a mistake here. And he does have sort of like a laid back kind of attitude and all that. And I think there's too much like, I'm so sick of his attitude. He's not good enough to be like a diva or whatever. Like, you know, I'm not going to say that everything about his personality has always been bad. Just because now he's, he did like a thing that is not good. Right, and there there are a lot of things that led up to this that people have been mad about. I just I don't fully understand. Like I don't really care, you know. Some guys like have an attitude with the media that doesn't bother me because I would probably have an attitude with the media too because I don't really want to talk to them, especially since all they're going to do is with a big old smile on their face ask you questions and then go write stories about how much you suck. Um, so that that doesn't really affect me all that much. So I I, I just would like to focus on the thing he did that was wrong. And again, people make mistakes. He did something stupid. He wasn't thinking. Fine. Get it corrected and be good. And so far, we've heard from Brian Gutekunst. They had a great conversation. We heard from Matt LaFleur. They had a really good conversation, and they think that their relationship is going to be much better from here on out. And we had Jair Alexander post a picture of him and Matt LaFleur doing a fist bump. So as far as I'm concerned, the issue is squashed. He recognized he made a mistake. He accepts the punishment, and we're all moving on. Right? That's That's as far as... No, it's as far as I know. Obviously, something's got to be done about it. But uh, what's worse is the fact that Matt LaFleur was not the one to hand down the punishment. Right. It uh, seems like it was Brian Gutekunst. And if it was Goose and not LaFleur, then we got a, we got a serious issue. By the way, I'm not speeding the road that I'm going <laughs> on to 70 miles an hour. Just anyway, um, so... 
the problem that I'm having here is, is that Matt LaFleur is not the one to be like, hey, guy, you're, you're, you're done for this game, right? It wasn't Matt LaFleur, it was on Goot. Goot had to do the work for LaFleur. And last time I checked, Brian Goot is not the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. He's the general manager, all right? He makes sure that we got all the pieces that we need to be a successful football team. And it is on Matt LaFleur, the head coach, to make sure that the players do the right thing at the right time and to make sure that the coaches that he has underneath him are telling those players to do the things at the right time. And right now, Matt LaFleur is showing that he does not know when to tell players to do the right things at the right time. It should have been Matt LaFleur saying, nah, obviously Jair shouldn't have done what he done, so he out for the next game. But it wasn't. And obviously this is a guy who can't go to Joe Barry and say, hey, Barry, you haven't been doing right by this football team, you're out. I, I am worried because like you, I like Matt LaFleur for the most part as an offensive coordinator. He has done a good job with the team. I have complained multiple times when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback that he was not throwing to the open guys and LaFleur was the guy getting those guys open. So, so it's going to suck if LaFleur can't write this ship. But right now, I don't have trust that he can write this ship. And it's going to take an act of God for me to believe that he can do his job. I don't understand how Joe Barry isn't fired, but LaFleur or uh, uh, Alexander is suspended. We, we got to do better. Anyway, go back, go. Yeah, I mean... I know I know this is new to all the callers, so it's like it's brand new and you're calling in, so we, we gotta hammer it. I just feel like I've been talking about this for two days, like forty-eight straight hours. But I mean, you know, again, the, the Joe Barry thing, I get it as far as the accountability, but it is a different thing. Doesn't mean that they couldn't still take some steps in terms of accountability, but it's a different thing. On top of that, again, I think it's a difference between Matt LaFleur and you know, whether it's Gutekunst or Murphy or whoever kind of pulled the, the lever on this one. But, you know, I, I still think that um, Joe Barry losing his job, and if they lose to Minnesota, you know, we're out of the playoff race. I said it last week, if we lose to Carolina and, and the defense looks bad, he needs to be fired. If we lose to Minnesota and the defense looks bad, especially against his backup quarterback, I think he should be fired. I mean, you know, again, let's talk accountability. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but it is the same thing. It's not the same set of circumstances, but it is still accountability. I don't know. I, I just... I don't know. We'll just see how it goes. Zach in Buffalo, what's up, man? Hey, Ryan. It's uh, Zach up in Buffalo. I just uh, wanted to point out, maybe uh, go take a peek at Jair Alexander's last uh, Instagram post. And uh, the first fleeting photo on, on his post is him, you know, acting like a jack wagon, out being a team captain when he wasn't designated as one. And uh, go ahead and take a peek at the comments underneath it and all the uh, nods of approval from players like Kenny Clark and stuff like that tells you a lot. Yeah. Go back, go. Well, and again, I think that's a, that's, that is a part of this. That's not being talked about enough. You know, again, I made the comment. He said he was backed by the players when he did it. They supported his decision. Now, now at the, my first reaction to that was he did it on his own, but the players were okay with it. Like they, they just kind of like, what are you doing out here? Like, that's weird, but okay, that's fine. 
But I have every reason to believe that they pushed him toward it. And, and you know, again, I knew about Aaron Jones. I didn't necessarily know about all the rest, but they're all supporting this. So now you suspend, suspend Jair Alexander, who did something that the players thought that he should do. So in a sense, you're slapping his hand, but also kind of everybody else who supported him. And it's not good that they supported him, but it just, it just is, it's, there's this rift. So it should not have been allowed to get to this point, which is Matt LaFleur's fault. But it also needs to be addressed, and not just to Jair. This entire team needs to, be, to, to, to have been addressed. Meaning, you know, again, Jair gets suspended. Okay, then the rest of the team comes in. Get in the meeting room, right? Get in the freaking auditorium. And we need to have a discussion. Jair has been let go, or not let go. He's been suspended. <laughs> that would have sent some shivers. He's been suspended for a game for those actions. And then lay out exactly what is wrong and why we can't do that. And how there is this rift that's being created that is detrimental to this team. And that it needs to stop. And if and if you can't, you know, control yourself and, and you know, if this continues, you know, whatever. But it's like everybody needs to understand that this is unacceptable. But but again, we've got this whole big like rift going on. And again, maybe it's all Joe Barry. I don't know. But you know what? He spit in Matt LaFleur's face when he did it. He didn't spit in Joe Barry's face. Jair spit in Matt LaFleur's face. And everybody's got his back for it. That's a problem, man. That's a problem. It just is. And I don't know to what degree. And, and maybe they'll just, it's just a little thing they did and they're all going to get over it and whatever. But um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Hello. Hello? Anybody there? No? Oh, nope. Just a butt dial. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Dan. Hey, Ryan. Dan from Indy. Um, listen to your podcast uh, earlier today regarding Jair. Um, yeah, I've, I'm sure you know already. News broke that Packers suspended uh, Jair, and um, I don't think LaFleur is the one who did it. I think Brian Gutekunst is the one who actually suspended him uh, because it's so late in the week, and I guess Brian Gutekunst is stepping up uh, to the plate as the punisher for the team or the disciplinarian. Um, I, I mean, someone has to do it, I guess. So I'll take it. Bah. Yeah, and and but you know, as we all probably acknowledge, that's not good enough. You know, I mean, it, it's good to have him come in and nip it in the bud, and maybe it's going to make an impact, but. As I talk about tomorrow, another analogy as far as the mom-dad thing, you know, there are times when my kids will maybe take a tone with my wife that they certainly wouldn't take with me, and they don't know I'm in the other room, and I'm going to make sure that they know that they are never to speak to her that way ever again. That occasionally will happen. But the thing is, that's not good enough. I don't want you to just not do it because you're scared of me, which you should be, for sure, if you're going to talk to my wife that way. Your own freaking mother, you know what I mean? Um... That's, that's, it's a step, but there's also an element of you should not want to do that because she's your mom. But also from my wife's standpoint, it's like, listen, I know like I'm the big scary guy, but you need to be able to like recognize that and hear that and be like, you will not speak to me that way. So it's, it's all of these things. It's not enough for me to just go in there and stomp and oh, I'm a big monster and I'm scary. It's not good enough. That's not going to help them in the future. Like, is, ma- is dad around? No? Okay. I'm going to say all this stuff I shouldn't say. 
You know, I'm, I'm going to keel over dead of a heart attack tomorrow and my kids are going to be freaking delinquent jagoffs. We can't do that. There, there has to be more to it. I'm not saying that's the, I'm just saying like, that's not, that's what I want to avoid. It's not good enough for me to come in and just say, knock it off. And that's all we got right now is, is Gutekunst coming in like the dad and scaring all the kids and saying, you know, this needs to stop now. But there's still a problem of mom, Matt LaFleur, needing to have that voice as well. And the kids, the player, needing to learn an element of respect and understanding that you cannot treat your coach that way. You cannot treat our house with disrespect. You know, I don't want you to be a bad influence for your siblings, fellow players. I I tell my kids that all the time. It's not just about the way you talk, but you're teaching those kids that are younger than you that it's okay to do that. You can't do that. So, yes, I agree. Somebody had to do it. But if we think that this is done now, because that was done, that's nonsense. That's just nonsense. Hey, Ryan. Beautiful Brazil here. What's up? I just got here in a, a little vacation with my friends. Nice. So I was chilling out, listening to your pod, and I absolutely love the polar bear idea. For blueberry. Um, <laughs> oh, you're not supposed to but have another one here. Okay, so the polar bear, it's way too dangerous. Sure. And, yes. you yes. know, some animal rights, whatever, can, <laughs> can get mad at that. So I have another idea. Listen, listen. The, the polar bear thing is too far because, you know, the animal rights folks will get upset. <laughs> we'll go to Lambo. We'll have 33 guys on the field. Okay. One of them being Joe Barry. So sure. Joe Barry will have to draft 10 guys that like him and that will protect him. <laughs> and the other 22, we will have 11 players of offense, one of them holding like a, I don't know, holding ball or something. Yeah. And the other 11 defensive players. The 11 defensive players will try to wipe Joe Barry. They'll be like 11 really big guys that will be drafted for, I don't know, Jersey Mike. You can draft a defensive player that will hold a chain on their hand and go after Joe Barry or something. And the 11, the, the, the offensive guys will try to protect the guy with the goalie ball. Just like British or something like that, Harry Potter thing. Mm-hmm. And the game will end once Joe Barry team team has this building ball. So, he will have the motivation to try to end the game as soon as possible before the Jersey Mike guys get to him, okay? So, let's see if we can build a, a defensive plan to get a turnover, let's, let's just say, of the, the building ball before they kick his ass. If not, okay, you had your chance. Goodbye. So, I know it was a little bit confusing, but I think you got the idea. So that's it. I'm going to the beach right now. See ya. Well, that's awesome that you're going to the beach, and I am jealous. Um, I, I, I think I get the idea insofar as Joe Barry is responsible for finding players that will actually choose to defend him. And uh, because they're big, strong football players, they'll probably be able to do it, provided that he can actually get people that will do it. And if he can't, then he's on his own, and he's just going to get the crap beat out of him. So that's kind of what I took away from that. Anyways, y'all, I, uh, again, tomorrow we're talking a little bit more about this topic. I'm hoping after that we can 
I mean, we're going to have to start to move on pretty quick here. Um, we got Minnesota to talk about. Jaron Hall has been officially selected to be the quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, playoff implications and all that good stuff. But for now, you guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.